When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Friends with benefits. Friends. We got the friends with benefits. We got the friends. Friends with Tash York. And Betty Bombshell. Friends. Hello. Hello, Natasha. Hello, Hello Betty. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's so y- your name's already a nickname, right? And you said Natasha. Yeah. And and so I like uh, Betty, Betty doesn't have. I mean, yeah. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Excuse me. Oh yeah. Fucked up. <laughs> Fucked it straight away. Fucked, Fucked it up. the podcast in the first minute. Good. Uh, how Honestly, are you? <laughs> I think that we do that every week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grayish. I'm grayish, darling. Grayish. It's oh, it's a cheeky 10 a.m. in it the is. Perth. It is, it is. It is. It's a cheeky 12, uh, 12 p.m. here uh-huh. in El And I thought I yeah. might uh, crack open a bottle of wine already. What do you reckon? Do you want to hear this crack yeah, sound? I love. Do you yeah. want to hear it? Like, oh, give me it. Yep. Hit okay. me. Oh, wow. That's like. That was nice. Yeah. That was some good shit right there. Really good shit. Wow. Uh, some lovely wine here from our wine sponsor, Naked Wines. Uh, and this is Naked the wine. Naked Wines. And this is the Heresy uh, Syllabus of Errors, which uh, I, I adore that as a name. Um, that sounds like the syllabus oh. of my life. Um, and it's actually a Naked <laughs> Wines angel funded wine. So you can only get it through Naked Wines. Yes. Haven't tried that before. So we're going to be drinking. I don't know if they're like really super happy with condoning just like the drinking at midday situation, but you know, like honestly they they did this so they know they did this and they're giving all of you a discount as well if you go on and uh go to nakedwines.com slash fwb and you get a hundred dollar voucher fucking hundred dollars so great i don't understand it's like yo have some wine have some wine drink get drunk do it do it and it's Uh, fucking delicious apparently i sing everything today i love that uh how are you what have you been doing I'm great. Been doing the same stuff. The same stuff. As yeah. That was that was Tasha's reaction to the wine. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I probably should have reacted to the one that I just did it to your story, and I loved it was it. an overreaction because you were like the same stuff, and I was like, oh. And you did delicious. the like bellissimo fingers. Yeah, I did. I know. I may have already had a glass. You've already had it. Before 10 a.m. You know what? I don't need your judgment. No, I'm not. I'm, just, uh, I'm, in, I'm, like, I'm inquiring. I'm just oh. curious. <laughs> I. Yes, uh, same how. thing. Uh, so, what, like teaching? I've seen you've been doing some videos. I've seen you've been doing bits and bobs, some photos, a bit of activism online as well. What's been going on? Fuck yeah, man. Now is the time. Now is the time to use a platform. I'm lucky enough to have lots of people follow me on the internet for some very strange reason I still don't uh, know because you're fucking dope do. and awesome oh. yeah anyway continue yeah. 
it no uh yeah and obviously these times these times they are changing mm. and i can use my platform to spread the good word trying to donate to um at least one or two charities a day if it's just like cheeky 10 bucks through different charities yep trying to spread the love across a few different funds rather than just um dump a bunch of money into one fund totally um, the black lives matter movement um going to protest there was a protest here in perth i think it was last saturday which was beautiful peaceful and lovely and then there was this fucking sick dance circle that broke out and everyone yes. was just like cheering and dancing and we were like ah. it was so great it was really beautiful um and yeah just doing everything i can to spread the good word, I guess. Speaking spread to family the good members word. about it all. It and educate like I'm being as well. No, educate, it's good. Educating myself as well. I've been, yeah. I've been trying to dedicate time sort of every morning and every night to just learning, educating myself, finding, like this morning, um, I found this great article about um, black-owned companies in Perth and like Ooh. around Australia and all these beautiful skincare companies and hair care companies that are, all you know um, owned by predominantly aboriginal people and the just families of indigenous people which is beautiful and then all of the ingredients are like australian sourced locally sourced and i was yes. like get on my face yeah get on, so just, get on the face doing that kind of jazz and also teaching online which is great lovely which is gorgeous and now guess what i have a show <gasps> get out who is she? What's going on? Tell me all about it now. Honestly, it's my first day. Like I'm like, what? What? It's like your first Very, day of high school. Is that what's going on right now? 100%. Like, I'm kind of like, how do I put on an eyeliner? I don't know. How many eyelashes? Edge This many? Really? How many eyelashes? Just one eyelash. One single eyelash. Yeah. I'll just do one. Um, yeah, I've got a show next week, right? What? Perth is so advanced right now, WA. Like, because do you have zero it's, cases now well, there? I'm pretty sure, or it's like, no, I'm pretty sure we do have zero cases. I mean, yeah. Perth had to be advanced in some way, and this is the way. <laughs> so, <laughs> harsh, but no, bad. I love you, Perth. I live here. Like, you all know it's true. Like, don't try and. Yeah. 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 It's no, a true really story. Is. No, but I'm doing a show with Sugar Blue Burlesque called Unleashed. It's next week and I'm really excited about it. That's so exciting. Yeah, I, I don't. Thanks, Babs. What are you doing? Um, look, I am planning for November because apparently everything that I was doing is now all happening in November. Over the, you know, I talked to you about like that weekend where everything was like going into lockdown and everything got cancelled. Well, then apparently everything yes. that got cancelled over the next like four months that I had apparently is now just going to be in November. Okay, um, so <laughs> literally over the last week, it's just been like, so what are you doing November this day? I was like, why is everything in November now? Which is fine. It's just, I've got to work my way up to November, right? Like we're going to have to like slowly jog around. Um, everything in Melbourne is still like a bit up in the air as to when bars and stuff are definitely going to be opened and when we're going to have the, you know, caps and stuff released. So it's the plan is uh, end of July, but um, potentially could be earlier if we get down, get down in those cases lower, uh, quicker. That was, that's some crazy stuff. Yeah. So it's, Get down in them cases lower quicker. Um, So it's still Um, already open here. Yeah. That's crazy. We've got like restaurants and stuff open for 20 people, Mm. um, but bars and stuff not open. And um, although I did see the other day, there's a wine bar around the corner from my place. 
And I could smell donuts coming from it. And I was like, oh, that's weird. That's not a smell I associate with a wine bar very often. And I walked in and they were selling like donuts, like just singular donuts for like $1.50. And then you could get a glass of wine because technically you were having a meal. (laughs) But it I was like, that That's is, some fucking smart shit. I don't think it's legal and I'm not going to name the wine bar, but fuck, that is some smart marketing right there. Like, I think I it's hundred percent not legal. It has yeah. to be like a substantial meal, but I fucking love that I shit. I love that. Like, it. Even if you don't like donuts, you're like, well, it's a dollar fifty, like per glass of wine. It. Like and that'll be fine. And just put it in my handbag and then pretend <laughs> to eat it when the police come. <laughs> 100% like nom, 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 nom. Oh, yeah, so full. Mm, so, oh, that's my dessert after that very oh. substantial meal I had. After that steak I just downed. Oh, crazy. But yeah. Yeah, no. it's pretty weird. Bars are open here, man. I went out the other night and there were people everywhere. And I'm not going to lie, I got very anxious. Yeah. Just about the sheer volume. volume of human beings. I'm not used to making eye contact with people anymore or like, it was totally. so strange standing in a bar and I was like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, uh, oh, God. Oh God. Sorry, excuse me. Oh, God, just give me a bit. I don't know. But, uh, it was weird. Yeah, was weird. I, w- I went to a house inspection like two weeks ago and it was like one of the first weekends that they were letting people do house inspections again and they were meant to take yeah. us up like one by one and like clearly the real estate agent did not give a fuck about that. And so everyone was just in and no one knew like how to go into another, like if someone wanted to look in a bedroom, like everyone would just kind of like stand <laughs> awkwardly in corners of the lounge room and they'd be like, do you want to, yeah, okay, cool. Like, and everyone's just like kind of <laughs> little like Shuffle fucking pieces. awkward Tetris pieces like throughout the these tiny like two bedroom apartments. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> God, everyone doesn't know how to social anymore. Like social no interaction is so weird now. It so is. Weird. No one knows. And everyone's just like, um, I guess I'll text you. I don't know. <laughs> It's like, um, if do you want me to have my phone up between us and we can just like video call each other? Because that's how I know how to interact with people 100%. Now. Just like, I don't want to look at your face yes. directly. It needs to be through a screen. Oh, I don't like it. So I'm going to go. And the only other exciting thing that's happened recently to me is that I got a new kitten. Yeah, you got a kitten. Everyone would have seen it on the internet. But if you haven't, go on my Instagram. I literally post about it all the time. Her name is Hippo and she's a little ginger slash champagne. uh, Tash Yorkinet. Hippo doesn't have her own one yet. I'm not quite at that level yet, but I feel like she might be the cat to do it because Little bitch does whatever I want, and it's my favorite thing in the world. Um, my other two cats, Batman. She's and a literal child. Oh, she is. And Batman and Aretha, like, <gasps> never like super like social cats. Like, they're like yeah. your typical like, yeah, like you're fine and you feed me and like I'll let you pat me like twice a day. But other than that, fuck off. Like, whereas Hippo's literally like, like oh. hey, 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 be my friend. Oh, I'm gonna MacGyver up your leg. Hey, what's up? I'm gonna sleep in the bed with you. Hey, it's six thirty a.m. I'm gonna lick your nose. That's a great time to do that. I'm like, oh my god, I'm just not used to it. Um, but yeah, it's been lovely. I wonder if she'll like gang up with the other cats and be like, yeah, yeah, she sucks after all. <laughs> Honestly, my. <laughs> Like that has been my fear ever since because obviously when you get a new cat you have to like put them in separate rooms for a while so that they like get used to like the scents and then you swap the rooms around so that they get used to each other's scents and then you like slowly integrate them together it's been a whole process yeah and like literally I was like I don't want to put her with the other cats because what if they tell her that she doesn't need to love us as much anymore and then right (laughs) like it's like when teenagers are like Parents are the worst. Oh, I hate them so much. I wish I could just run away. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Ken was like, <laughs> imagine probably... if they just go over to her and they're like, hey, um, 
you know, they're going to feed you anyway. Like you don't have to like them. You don't, you don't even have to let them pat you. Like they're going to put water out. They're going to give you treats probably more they if you ignore them. <laughs> they has to do it. Like they'll get in big trouble if they don't. Exactly. So. And there's three of us, so we can kill them if anything gets really full on now. There's so. two of there's, yep, just planning my yeah, own I mean, cat death. Say the word. I'll just suffocate them. I'll just lie on their face. And all I'm saying is that it's clean. All I'm saying. Uh, Why are your cats so menacing that we're making? I know. They're going to get you. And um, so we've been sharpening our claws on the knife block. And um, we're going to make sure no. that it's really, really painful. Um, so it's going down, know. babe. It's going down. <laughs> what side are you going on? It's going down. Okay. But um yeah, so that's been me. Uh that's that's all really that's been been going on. Yeah, hippo's the best. I want to meet hippo. Yes, yeah. We'll we'll definitely when you come back over, but she'll be a lot bigger by then. Mm. So you know, if you just come back from Um, a little bit quicker. I haven't even told you this yet. (gasps) I booked a show in Melbourne in August. (gasps) So yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm coming over. It's gonna be yes. nice. So exciting! <laughs> Yay! It was Tasha's response just then? No, it wasn't. Yeah. I I accidentally like swallowed my spit a bit too much, and I was gonna cough, oh. so I had to swallow it. So that anyway, that's really gross. I'm not gonna go into that. Can I drink? No. Um. Yeah, have some wine though. Um. Yeah, coming over in August, and that'll be nice. Are you allowed to say what the show is yet? I don't think so. It's not been announced or anything like okay. that. So, well, stay tuned. Probably listeners. won't spill the beans just yet. Oh. Thousands of listeners, two of them, two thousands of them, uh, tune in because then you'll be able to see Betty in well Perth currently and also in uh, Melbourne in August. So that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you're yeah, yeah, listening yeah. in Sydney right now, uh, our guest, Ooh. our friend with many many benefits, uh, <gasps> Sydney gal. We are very, very lucky to have this absolute fucking star. She is the queen of burlesque. She is an absolute, literally incredible, incredible performer. And we are so lucky to have her here. Please give Welcome it up to for the, the one, the only, Imogen Kelly. Woo! Imogen Kelly in the house. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you and your little beret. The frog intro there. Thank you. Oh, no, don't look at me in this little beret. People can't see me, can they? No. No, they can't. Anyway, hi. Hello. How are you? No, that's good. (laughs) I'm good. How are you with your glass of wine there? Yeah, it's it's midday. It's fine. What time is it in in Melbourne? No, you're in Melbourne and and Betty's in Perth. Am I getting this right? That's the one. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so no, she's yeah, if she was drinking, oh, 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 she's drinking. Guys, that, I don't want to freak you out. Fine, kombucha. I'm drinking too. It's kombucha. Oh, it's kombucha. I thought it was apple juice no, or white wine. I thought it was we. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Today. We're no, all We're all classy, ladies and gentlemen. So, Imogen, what have you been doing? What's been happening for you in COVID land? I'm sure it's a lot different to what your life looked like pre-COVID. Oh. Um, yeah, no, it was pretty good at first because we were all here. Uh, I live in the bush, so that was awesome. I thought, great, I'm going to get so much done. And um, we just ripped meth out of school because we were like, stuff that, come home. And so mm. I got to teach her what I wanted to teach her for 
a whole five seconds before they started the the uh, school programming which was great it was amazing but then I had to be teacher so I didn't get anything done for ages um, and yeah we just stayed here in this really remote location and uh, we stopped listening to the news after a while and, and watching the news and we had no idea what was going on in the world for a while and it was kind of really great in a Gilligan's Island kind of sort of way yeah. um, and then they noticed I was <laughs> I was just dressing up a lot and talking to my phone a lot and they're like what what's my and they thought mama had gone mad so that was kind of funny <laughs> trying to convince them that no this is just how it's coming out now <laughs> That's it. um, That's so good. yeah you know getting through all that Myth back at school and trying to focus on uh, having some sort of business existence or life now, you know, just trying to plan for whatever's ahead, which is kind of crazy because we don't know what's ahead. So, totally. uh, But having survived two previous epidemics, I can, yeah, I can sort of see where it might spark up again on how that might look. But Mm. oh, typically one of my mum friends is, no, go away. Somebody's to <laughs> me. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> typical. Like, quick, we've got to talk about scones right now. No, um, absolutely. Yeah, I'm just. I don't know. It's really it's scone. Scone addiction's gone up. But yeah, just trying to plan for that, and it's, it's kind of hard. Not not scones, but for my existence beyond scones <laughs> and beyond motherhood and beyond well, COVID. So fuck no. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Fuck those, hey. Yeah. Everything's so uncertain. Trying to plan yeah. is just it seems a little bit stupid, doesn't it? But I mean you gotta do it. It it does, but what else are you gonna do? I mean, I think if I don't have those little um ideas going on the back burner, and I've got about five, let's face it, but then <gasps> I worry I'll get really depressed because motherhood. What is scones in the bush? I'll tell you what. Um, what was what was like yeah. going on for you like pre-COVID? Like what was supposed to be happening over this like March, April, May, June, like time, um, July, August, July, <laughs> August. What what was supposed to be happening in twenty twenty? Best year. Twenty twenty yes, was looking so good. I had work, I had work all year. I had great contracts. Really fantastic. Um, I just finished working with the Sydney Symphony Orchestra and. Everything was just up, 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 and I was about to launch a new show and do a tour with it. I was really excited and then hit the wall of COVID (laughs) and just watched my whole... It's like like the thread of a sweater being pulled. It was like... Yeah, Um, Yeah, exactly. And I... Yeah, that was it. And, uh, yeah, then got into making films and stuff uh, uh, in preference, but then I was really unhappy with the films we were making <laughs> because I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> so yeah, we just I don't know, <sighs> just, just hit that wall like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It's kind of gone in waves for me as well. Like I started out really gung ho about it, and I was like, "That's okay. I can do virtual gigs, and I can do this, and I can do that." And then I kind of got into the middle, and I was like, "No, nothing's good enough. I don't care. I'm not doing it anymore." And now I'm kind of coming out the other end of it, just being a bit like. Oh, I don't have motivation, but I know I probably should at this point, and I'm a bit just 
dad now. <laughs> I need to do something. So, so I can't drink every day anymore. But I'm mm. already in that mode now. What? But I mean, you could yeah. drink every day and then just perform while you're drunk. And then it's the same. And it is fine. the same. That is true. It's That's the same. Yeah. 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 You're entirely yeah. correct. But, it's, it's, but does, does your costume fit over your tracksuit pants? <laughs> and how does that, you know, it's not the same. I factor these things in. I wore high heel boots mm. yesterday for literally maybe about an hour. And I'm I'm going to tell you, like, uh, it is not a good time. Like, I could spend five hours a night at Adelaide Fringe in those exact boots yesterday for one hour. Yeah. One hour? Absolutely not. I came home. I was like, I need a massage. I need to, like, fix my feet. Oh, my God. I'm like, Someone. oh, oh no. Wearing bras and yeah. your endurance again. Oh, I know. Stamina is gone. Lucky um, my drinking stamina is still cool. up. Babe, Maybe the just, two are connected. Maybe if you drink enough, the shoes won't hurt. Hey, that's a good idea. That's true. I did I did wear them sober, whereas normally when I'm performing, I'm a bit drunk. So maybe they've always been that painful, <laughs> but I just had no idea. Maybe they have. You just skipping <laughs> yeah, around like, like <laughs> yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I love it. I love it yeah. so much. Man. Well, Imogen, I hope that <laughs> all of those contracts and stuff, have they been postponed? For later in the year, or is it still like an up in the air kind of jam? Nah, they're gone. They're gone, mm, and I, it's okay. Yeah, fuck it. I, just I mean, sort of went, yeah. oh well, I, I guess I'll just start again when it starts again. Mm. Um, yeah, that's that it. Yeah, yeah, that does suck. But I mean, I get it's yeah, it's but it's also. Yeah, and you just get a new slate. You just start again. That's yeah. it. Absolutely. Because you have a number of areas, like obviously like Queen of Burlesque and stuff, but you do a lot of like theatre and comedy and producing and that sort of stuff as well. So like what, what would you say like that that looks like to someone who doesn't know exactly what you do? What, how would you explain it to them? Uh, well, as I said, I've been through two previous epidemics with the, the AIDS epidemic and the heroin epidemic that occurs. And I think a lot of this will go underground because people might not have a lot of money. Mm. Um, so I think if you're younger and starting out, you're in a great position to do those underground gigs and, um, do it for the love of art, you know, because the money might not be there, which is an exciting prospect. But for those of us who make our living from this, it's a little bit daunting. Mm. Um, so I'm lucky, I guess, that I'm a filmmaker and a writer and I'm sort of, it seems like that's taking off a bit more for me. Well, it makes sense that it would because people are needing, um, you know, uh, films of their art and how we translate our art yeah. to films might be something we have to consider. Um, mm. Talking to lots of theatres, talking to, that's where I'm really trying to break ground, is like, come on, let us into the theatre so we can film stuff. Um, you know, we can all be socially distanced. So we're just waiting for the go-ahead from a few companies so that we can start maybe doing that with artists. Uh, but yeah, that's just where I'm, I'm just going, okay, let's see what we've got, see what pieces, if you throw it all up in the air, what are you left with um, and what falls in your hand, what doors are left open is pretty much what I'd say to people is just keep looking, leave all your doors open, every skill, every ability you've got, there's, it's an attribute to you and you can find work doing it, but you've got to be clever and you've got to be quick um, mm. and it's mm. exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's exhausting. It is. You're right. Open doors. Yeah. 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 We've had a lot of. And guests. also just relax. 
Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, sorry, sorry. No, what I, was, you say? I was just saying we've, <laughs> we, that is definitely a good thing as well. No, I was just going to say we've had a lot of guests like that have come on that, you know, people know them for a certain thing, but then they're like, yeah, I also do this and this and this and this. And you're like, oh, like that is how you really survive in this industry by having like a couple of feathers to mm. your bow and being able to like have other shit that you can fall on, like when times are tough or when, you know, a pandemic comes through and, you know, <laughs> you've got to change everything you've ever done. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, like we, yeah. we've spoken to so many people and like it's a common thing and Imogen, you are absolutely the queen of this, of having such a broad umbrella, of, of being able to do so many things. You can't just, maybe once upon a time you could, but you can't sort of in the entertainment industry just be a dancer or just be a singer. You need to be able to do your PR, your marketing and your performing as well as going over there and making the vase. I don't know why you'd make a vase, but you need to know how to do it, you know. You need to know it's Why not? Because <laughs> I love a good vase. Yeah. Oh, right. That's nice. <laughs> I need a good vase. That's I mean, it. Otherwise, where are you going to put your flowers? You spend the weekend with I don't your know. There. Fruits wow. of your labour. That's no a really old joke. That's really old corny joke. But, yeah, it's about, <laughs> it's about being diverse and it's about being really clever and just trusting your instincts and trusting you know what you're doing on some level even though you're just going why 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 am I making films <laughs> when I'm a live artist but um yeah the live stuff's not there so invest in one of your other passions that's it I guess just I reckon, like performers <laughs> do so well is adapt adapt so quickly yep and both of like yeah so many performers I know were just so able to recognize something be like all right well that's where we're going adapt figure it out create that skill spread it around share it around as well I think I'm seeing some performers Mm. uh, really helping other people out that are struggling in you know perhaps that video element or something like that which is really beautiful to see that Mm. sense of community kind of coming out during this fucking time but during this fucking time during this fucking time yeah fucking time (laughs) but Imogen you've had like I'm so fascinated by your story every time I speak to you or every time I see something on the internet that you've posted, I'm just like, what the fuck? This is the most fascinating thing I've ever read in my life. <laughs> you always have something like, oh, yeah, that's right, during that time when blah. And I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> and you've had such a fascinating career, and I just want to know it all. <laughs> Tell us the story. Tell us your story. <laughs> How did it begin? Where did you form from? <laughs> <laughs> oh my mom I don't know I just got shot out into a world of chaos and I don't know I guess one of the beautiful things about me and one of the most confounding things about me is that I'm I, I'm just like my brother is the same we're just little tumbleweeds we just kind of go oh the wind's just blowing me over here for a bit and then we're those people that really weird things happen too like we just just weird shit happens so it's me that this is happening in yeah of course everybody's lifetime right now but of course mm. I'd be alive during a pandemic and you know <laughs> it, it's just sort of like I'm one of those people that very I get in very odd situations and I'm thankful that I'm one of those people who manages to see the joy in that and the fun in that as opposed to falling apart because yeah. there's been plenty of reasons to do that as well yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Some people are just think, why me? And I just think, woohoo, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's just right. I just had another cereal wafers. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, <fucking hell. laughs> Woo. 
love that. That's it. You're a literal <laughs> yes and life, like just everything. You're just like yes you and. Are- <laughs> Yes, and the definition of yes, well, and imaging code right there. <laughs> well, I guess if you start resisting it, uh, from my experience, when you resist it or try and change yourself to fit into whatever, it just is really painful. It's mm. way less painful just to go with it and go, okay, well, show us what you got. And I really think it is the divine at work. Not that I know what the divine is, but I just feel like a chess piece most days. And it's going, yeah. now, can you go there and do that and take take your clothes off here and. <laughs> and, you know, suddenly the governor gen the governor general's in front of you, and you're like, "Oh no, I got I got cream all over Quinton Bryce." Oops, well, <laughs> stage right even, and then Quinton Bryce comes up and goes, "Oh, that was lovely, dear." <laughs> I'm just like, oh, that oh, was lovely, you. dear. Thank you so That's much. That's great. That. that was lovely, dear. Thank you for well, somebody said she said that. She didn't say it to me. It's fine. Oh, the I cream on on Quinton's Quinton's. It's the best yeah. when you do a really like, dirty or promiscuous experience. performance and like people don't know how to take it. And so they're like, oh, that was gorgeous. That was beautiful. And you're like, yeah, I just masturbated in a sleeping bag and, you know, sung about, you know, being alone. But that's cool. Like, yeah, that's definitely a beautiful Very performance. Very lovely. Nice. Yes. Thank you for that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. just I can relate. Right. Yes, I I've done that. that. <laughs> I've seen two All people in fucking day. in a sleeping bag and that was really funny. They're fucking, they're fucking up to my game. Up? Was the sleeping bag zipped? Yeah, it was like a caterpillar in, having like... a seizure. <laughs> and I was, on the, I was on the bank of the same and I was just watching this like something sleeping bag. And I thought, that's got to be uncomfortable. But that obviously it went for a... quite a while and then it ended. So, Man. oh my God, that's so great. I'm just imagining the noise of the sleeping bag fabric and the zip like... Clanging. It's like and you know, it's like so a parachute fan. Yeah. <laughs> so sweaty in there. It's like, oh well, we started now, so we all right, keep going. All the fluids and they never wash their like costume fucking bag. Like, you know how no one washes their costume. That's like oh, babe, the breeze that's sitting on the bag. floor. Like you're just like, oh, here we go again. Crap, crack. Oh. <laughs> Fucking hell. I love that. Definitely one of those moments for all your favorite lines. Yeah, it's so big. Hurry up. It's so big. Oh, get going. Oh, I love it. Hurry the fuck up. Hurry up. Fucking boiling. Does anyone have any cold water? It's very. It is already. (laughs) It's great. All right. Well, let's. Because as I said, I'm fucking fascinated by shit like that that you just rip out. And I'm like, mm hmm. Mm hmm. I need it. I need all of it, and I need yeah, it now. Of course. Um, where did you Where did you begin this crazy thing? <laughs> where did you Where did it all start for you? Well, you know, <laughs> I um, where did it start? Actually, I was talking to the woman who started it all today. She wrote to me and told me, "Remember that time we were on stage at Mardi Gras, and you and I totally fucked up the curry and burst into giggles, where everybody else was doing this sort of hardcore." you know, a highly choreographed number and we were just rolling around on the ground. <laughs> you little struggling shit. Through this <laughs> we were little shits. We were such little shits. Fuck yeah. Um, and it was like a choreography of hundreds of women and they were all, we were in this car and there's flamethrowers. It was an amazing routine and we mm-hmm. fucked it. Um, <laughs> but we also in the highlight. <laughs> 
obviously you were the best and worst two part girls. of it. I would have like, literally been like I love those two what are they doing yes. I want to do what they're doing yeah <laughs> because what happened was we'd gotten smashed on I won't say what but uh because I can't remember what but we were we, we used to do the lesbian double yeah. at King's Cross and and I burst into our lesbian double routine midway through this other. Anyway, I didn't remember what routine I was doing. And she was like, yeah, exactly. cool, and started like pretending, you know. Like, anyway, it was a disaster, but it was also brilliant. But she is the woman who started it all. Uh, she created a platform called Ms. Wicked uh, okay. in, the, in 1989. And uh, that was the year I, I met her shortly after that. And she... I just became infatuated with her. She was absolutely gorgeous. And she was well into seducing me and I was well up for it. So we started with her and I was like, how am I going to get through uni? My parents said to me of disownment at that point, perhaps. Um, But, yeah, I was like, how are you? I was working in the library and I was like, how are you? So I'm a stripper and I was like I'm gonna do that too and she went yeah okay so I just started stripping um in King's Cross oh no I started on Oxford Street and then moved over to King's Cross because Oxford Street was only paying $12 a show and King's Cross was paying $15 a show and I was into the money yes taste that cash baby that's it 25% increase Mm -hmm. yes no but we did like 30 shows a night so at that time it was it was really good money and it was all cash so fuck yeah Yeah. maybe shouldn't have said that but anyway it was pretty amazing what you yeah i know that is some stamina i love that i couldn't dance at the start of it but i could certainly dance by the end Mm. yeah (laughs) lots of rug work lots of lying around on rugs going uh, with your nipples or whatever, oh, you know, good. just pretending. Shade. You know, it was 12 bucks worth. I mean, fucking come on. That's <laughs> so it. What do you want? Sorry, 15. Sorry, 15. It was an yeah, increase. what do you want for 15 bucks? I mean, do you want right? my legs school? open? Absolutely not. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe I should it. teach. People keep asking me to teach and I'm like, I just don't know if you want to know what I know, really. Open your legs, I... close them. Open your legs, close them. Open your legs, close them, and time's up. Go. <laughs> get your money and at the door. That is fifteen. <laughs> fifteen dollars. Get out. <laughs> if you'd like to see car, insert another fifteen dollars. That's it. That's pretty damn fair. I like that. <laughs> How long? So you moved from but the shows. Is... No, 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 you go. Yeah. I was there for two nights. I was yeah. there for two. I survived two nights on Oxford Street because the men would masturbate in the shows because it was. We, it was a stage show. It wasn't private shows or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right, yeah. So the, I went out and I was like a total, like, 18-year-old, like, baby. I was, I think I was even just 17. I went out and, like, <laughs> in this, like, 50s um, underwear that I'd found at the market So because I couldn't afford anything else. And this bad wig, this really shit wig. Um, and I thought, no one will <laughs> recognise me. <laughs> Ooh, she's a different and person. And walked out on stage. Yeah, yeah, and did did like Madonna's Vogue or some crap, and um, and they, they, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do some art. I'm going to be really, you know, sexy, and they all just like whacked out their dicks and started wanking, and I was like, oh wow. my god, I was like, just that keep is... performing, be professional, yeah, be prof- just look above I the crowd, the convent, out the Sorry? window, just <laughs> everything yeah. you've learned at the convent is just gone, you know, <laughs> everything I learned. 
Yeah, but I could hear Miss, what was her name? Oh, our drama teacher going, just keep smiling and get through the number. And so that's <laughs> what I did. I just kept and smiling and got through the number. It's and thought, no, I've just got to toughen up. So I, I did two more nights before I, uh, yeah, I thought I was professional enough to make it in King's Cross. <laughs> and oh, I was. That's it? all you need a couple of nights off you go <laughs> that's amazing I love it. Yeah. got my 30 bucks and went home <laughs> shopped out that's cool how long how long did you work um kicks cross um i ended up working there for about six years like five six years but i went to japan in between and um went traveling around the world so i'd essentially come home make shitloads of money Mm. Um, and either pay to go to uni and when I got sick of uni I'd defer and go overseas <laughs> Fuck yeah. um, so it was that sort of lifestyle yeah so yeah. I eventually got through uni um, and I also got to see the world and I, I have stripping to thank for the fact that I am educated and I have all the skills I have but also that I got to see so much of the planet and you know what job gives yeah. you that yeah that's because awesome. I could do it anywhere Except, yeah, except well, Nepal. It. I found that I couldn't get back in Nepal. <laughs> um, but they had it in Mongolia. So there you go. Okay. Hey, there Mongolia. you go. That's fucking That's insane. it. You take a saddle off a horse. No, I, I didn't make it in Mongolia. <laughs> and I was fine with that. <laughs> what were you studying? What did you end Not up with all. your degree? Um, at that stage, my degree was a Bachelor of Fine Arts. So mm-hmm. it was kind of cool that I could change my major every semester. Yeah, so yeah, I did. I, I just I did well. mainly, yeah, performance and the body. <laughs> but um, I was studying film. I really wanted to be a filmmaker and I worked mainly with sound because I was such a geek. And back then it was all magnetic tape and Steinbecks. It was a lot. It was a very technical job and very uh, specialised job. Mm. And so when everything went to digital, I, I lost interest for a long time in filmmaking. Um, and just as well because performing took over. So, But I went to NIDA to learn how to direct films and I, I kept going back to film and learning how to work digital formats. But, yeah, it still just hasn't quite grabbed me. I think performing's my thing mm. um, and probably always will be, but I'm glad I've got that second skill up my sleeve. Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely, and it keeps, yeah. you, keeps you doing stuff as well, and especially right now. How yeah, and keeps that? you connected with other artists. Yeah, yeah. that's it. I love that. When so when you know in between you going to uni, traveling the world, stripping, living a beautiful, wonderful <laughs> life. When so did many things. The kind of like, I know. I'm like, when did you? I'm like, how did you do all of this? Because it's Imogen. And when shit, what? Like, how did you? I, fit I thought I was everything? so. I don't know because I thought my life was so empty at the time. Like, I actually thought I was so lame. Because oh. I, I, I really did because I was a stripper and it was really looked down on and sure. I just felt like yeah. I had no future. And my beautiful girlfriend, um, she formed a really serious drug habit like everybody did. That's what I mean about the AIDS epidemic and the heroin epidemic. It really mm. hit the queer community hard and we lost mm. so many friends and people weren't coping. Like young people like us, we just weren't coping and just... Just we lost all our mentors, all our teachers. Everybody was just dying. Like it was normal to lose a friend a week. Um, so this epidemic's sort of like I'm like, oh thank God it's not knock on wood. It hasn't been like that for us here, but yeah, yeah, you know, you got to yeah, got to keep your eye on on the youngins because you just think, you know, I'm older, I can 
I can sort of handle it, but um, I think about younger performers and stuff and just think, oh, yeah. yeah, I hope you're all okay out there because our community just got destroyed and we had yeah. to rebuild it with, with no mentorship, with no elders there to show us how. I mean, Liz made it through, but Liz was off with her baby after a short time. So Elizabeth, Elizabeth Burton I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then um, yeah. when I... When I went up against the mafia and changed all the laws and did all that stuff, it disbanded the stripping community, which was not the result I expected it to have because I really just thought they'd improve the clubs. I mean, all I was asking for was a toilet and a fit for the girls who were on heroin and just basic health stuff. But yeah. they were just like, nah, who are you to push us around? And then the next thing you know, all the clubs were shut down. I was like, well, I did tell you. <laughs> I did tell you that <laughs> this is serious. Um, I did, so I did yeah, it was a real in. shame. I did, I did sort of. It took six months of telling you that this is serious and that it's the, you know, I work for the government and, you know, your performers' rights are being taken seriously for a change. And it was AIDS that made that happen too, because the the uh, government would not have cared less about mm-hmm. any of us, but they thought we were as performers. They thought we were spreading AIDS, um, HIV. Yeah. We called it AIDS yeah. back then. So when I'm talking about it within that time frame, yeah. I always call it AIDS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So it was. I don't know. It was just massive, and I just didn't feel like I was achieving anything. <laughs> I look back and just go, "Oh my god!" Like I did so much, but I think it was that we were all like ants in an antline nest we just felt like every, our world was we we thought we were the last generation mm. you know we thought we were all gonna die so um yeah i guess with everybody everybody getting so into such hard drugs and so many people dying there was just no room to acknowledge anyone in their efforts mm. there was so much that we had to do and we did it you know that's so incredible and uh, it took yeah, it took a long time, but that's, you know, to anybody out there thinking, oh, it can't be done to anybody involved in Black Lives Matter or, um, you know, women's business, you know, it does happen, it can happen, and it's just mm. slow. Humans slow are just so exhausting. slow. Yeah, social change yeah. takes such a yeah. long time. Like, it's, you know, people don't so realise, like... You know, it's, it's, and it's always like every generation or, you know, and, and it seems to be happening a lot quicker these days. Like it kind of used to be like every 10 years, there'd be something that was the focus. And now it's kind of like anything that's left over. We're like, well, we'll fix it all now. Like in, you know, the, this decade, it's going to be fine. It's like, yeah, yeah. Gay, gay rights, get, get married, like transgender <laughs> rights, black lives matter. Like, you know, domestic yeah. violence, like this, like, you know, decade seems to be that we're trying to just tackle everything at once. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. I'm, I'm feeling overwhelmed, but fuck, like people have been doing this forever. So, I mean, like, I can't complain. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I love it. I think that, like, I was, I was having this conversation fucking every day, but I feel like it's one of those things that the people have, um, not the people that are, you know, exactly in it, but the wider people have really figured out that there really is power in numbers, that we hold the power. Yeah. And I, I was saying to my partner that the first, I think, real in my sort of life, real social change and real um, people banding together and just fucking getting it done was the gay rights movement in Australia with equality, um, able to get married. That was the first time I think that in my life I was like, damn, the people made that because I just, the effort there was incredible. And it feels like that's kind of what I'm seeing now. It's people educating and and, um, the wider these people over here rather these people right in the middle are are kind of getting it together but like I can't even 
I mean, Imogen, as you, you know, you're saying there's so much to do during that time of your life. It would be so hard to feel that change when you are fucking smack bang yeah. in it. Yeah. Constantly surrounded yeah. with every issue. And it would be almost impossible to see the the change. You wouldn't have had that like online, you know, kind of really like, uh, I guess that exposure to be able to have your message heard far and wide. Like you yeah. can so easily now, like it's so much cheaper yeah. to share your message, like just via a Facebook ad or whatever. Whereas back then, like, you know, what, what would you do? Ooh. Like stand around and fly or hang on. Oh. Hello. Um, Say that again. We that <clears throat> Is can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Am I so, back? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, great. Um, I guess it was critical mass. It was mm-hmm. a lot of um, mm-hmm. word of mouth. And the newspapers, like there wasn't so much information. So if you could get something into the newspaper, it would trigger a reaction. So mm-hmm. it was like a smaller pool of information out there. But if you could get word out via those channels, um, you could start having a greater effect. And performance was a lot more powerful too because you had a room full of people and you can infect yeah. them with the idea of like just inject some passion into them. They True. go away and talk about it and they talk about it with their friends. Whereas I feel what happens now is maybe they'll try, maybe it's captured on film or whatever, but that, that word of mouth thing is really um, diluted. Whoops. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, I think it's, it's just changed how it gets out yeah. there, but yeah, definitely that's why, that's why people would just disappear. You know, that's why, you know, people like me who stood up against anything, let alone organised crime or any of that sort of stuff, you know, they just disappear. And um, that's definitely what was happening. But, yeah, it's it's been amazing to watch this revolution in technology and be a part of it and try and get my head around it. But in many ways, I guess I'm still just really analogue. Um, I work on the grounds that I can fuel ideas, like give people ideas and give people hope and just tell these sort of stories and people go oh yeah right we're doing it and you don't feel the change when you're in it and you never know what it's going to look like on the other side you do the change and you go yeah this is going to be great but then then you never you never know there's going to be negatives to it um and there's going to be you know positives and the positive for that moment was that you know they couldn't kill sex workers like they were just doing um but the negative was that we lost all our clubs yeah, you know, because they just would not yeah. change how they were running them. So it was just—it's kind of like, oh fuck, I didn't mean that to happen, but I wasn't the deciding yeah. factor in that anyway. You know, I mean, how could you ever foresee that? That's just something that is so wild to. Oh no, yeah. we won't change. We'll just close them all down. No worry about it. Get rid of them. Like, <laughs> you know what? Too hard to change it. Just done. Yeah, just, just, just. What do you want a toilet? What you? What? That's oh. outrageous. How <laughs> dare you? Disgusting. What do you think? What is this? Snap, get out. Yeah, like right. yeah. I find it hard yeah. as a cabaret performer to go out into like the public toilet area, you know, when I'm like during yeah. a gig, let alone, you know, someone who's just been on stage that people have been like masturbating over and you're like, don't worry, I'm just going to go walk out into the crowd and then go to the bathroom and then go back and expect no one to like fucking you yeah. know, talk to you or anything. That's fucking horrible. Like that's so And the awful. bathroom where there's no surveillance, no security oh, and anyone can follow so you in. Anyone could be in there. It was really scary, which is why, yeah. you know, we Absolutely. We, it, was, it was just scary. And and things if things happened to you, if you were a stripper or a sex worker back then, and it's probably still now it's true that if things happened mm-hmm. to you, you had no avenue. You could not go to the police because they're on the payroll of the math. So it's just like that's why they could just do whatever they were doing, like getting away with murder, literally. Um, wow. And it was bullshit. So I was like, oh, fuck that. 
<laughs> I was getting ready a lot. Yeah. And I hope that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of, yeah, but you can just never tell how change is going to be. It's just important to feel like you're a part of it somehow. Absolutely. And I mean, what you did obviously was the right thing, you know, keeping the clubs open while people are are dying is not the answer kind of trying to implement that change and it needed to happen eventually. And it, you know, you did such an incredible thing just you know, small image yeah. of Kelly standing up there like, no, yes. <laughs> this won't, fuck you. This is not it. And yeah. then, you know, having such a good hand at that is incredible. Yeah, it's so amazing. Yeah. No, no, people were like, who's this 24-year-old stripper? But, you know, <laughs> my, my dad put Robert Trimboli in jail and my stepmother was involved in putting Abe Saffron in jail and I'd grown up, grown up in that um, environment of just constantly having death threats and you know, checking for bombs under the car, all that sort of stuff. So it was just sort of like, no, nah, I, I know this too well to be intimidated by yeah. it. But at the same time, well, I did have to day. leave the country. <laughs> so, Shit, yeah. right. So yeah. you, where did you go? Well, I had a job lined up in Amsterdam. Like one mm-hmm. of my friends from Tokyo, who was this gorgeous girl called Alex, and we'd been, we'd been doing these Moulin Rouge chorus lines in Tokyo at Japanese weddings, it was the weirdest collision of cultures ever. <laughs> like, there's this poor little woman in a Stop, that like, is... No, I know, just totally traditional wedding. And we come out with our tits out and doing high kicks and going, woo, you know, like... Oh, my God, I can't. And it was so wrong. It was just like you just watch this poor wife just go, oh, as these, like, six-foot gaijin come out with their tits Oh my gosh. Oh my anyway, give us the I love that. I love that. <laughs> we need to bring that back. That's the fucking best idea. I was gonna say this is what I want at my wedding. I want Imogen. I want you and your pals to come out. <laughs> That's what I want. This is what I want. Yeah. Just horrible. Anyway, but we, I made, made friends yeah. with Alex and we decided we were gonna go for the Moulin Rouge together. And yes. I wasn't a trained dancer and neither she was she, but we had this experience and we worked in the routines. And so I packed up every shred of costume I owned and went to, to go to Paris. Um, and I landed in Amsterdam because I was going to meet up with Alex. And the contract on me that the maths took out, I, I didn't realise had gone global. I just never thought that. Like I lay low in Thailand for a little while and then said, ah, man, I'm going you know, to be a star and, of the Moulin Rouge, like Josephine Baker. Um, yeah. It was just insane. And, of course, I got there and I was followed, I think, from the minute I got off the plane. Um, this guy targeted me. And I don't really want to talk about that, but um, Alex was one of the people there to sort of pick up the pieces mm-hmm. and help put me back together after um, I got away from him. And then I had to put him into jail and go through the court system there, which was insane. Um, but, yeah, you know, that was what a question was I even answering? I can't even remember. But where did you Alex go? I don't know, man, but keep yeah. telling us the story. Oh my god, this story is incredible. So Amsterdam, that's where you lived for a bit after that, or you yeah, never went yeah. to Paris. And then and that was fabulous. And then we went to Paris and oh, um I got to the doors of the Moulin Rouge and I had my audition lined up and I was like, no, if I get this, I'll be fine, because I was a real mess. Um and I, I couldn't really even walk properly, but I could dance. How is that? How does that work? And I'd been dancing in the, the clubs in Amsterdam to pay for my court case. And um, the police officers working on my case actually fell in love with each other. <laughs> they were having this affair whilst they were trying to help me put oh this bastard God. in jail. It was the hilarious. Romance. 
the romance of it all. And anyway, I got to the doors of the Moulin Rouge and could not go in. I was too, I just fell apart in the door. I'm standing in the rain just going, I can't go in there and do this audition. Um, and Alex hadn't come with me at that point because she'd been, she was, she was doing auditions for a porn. Um, so Alex went to <laughs> porn or something. She was going to be an actress and I was going to be a showgirl. And, but then I went to the crazy horse and, um, and they were like, oh, fabulous. You're amazing. And I showed them all my costumes and, um, and we were talking about putting me in the show, but they're like, oh, you have to be in the show for a while before we can, um, put you you know give you as any solos and I was like oh okay because mm. I wasn't sure how it worked I wasn't a trained dancer as I said mm. um and then they wanted to measure between my nipples and <laughs> like look at my nose and they were all, it was all these physical attributes they were focusing on and yeah. I was just like I oh, fuck this and went to London and became a club kid I was like this is way more my style yeah, yeah. So, yeah yes. just got into the fetish scene and had a whatever that is so fucking amazing that was, How long that did you hang story. around London for? Not long. I was there for four months. Like we were just tying up the, at that point, I've been to London many times. At that time, I only stayed for four months because we were waiting for the case in Amsterdam to settle. And yeah. um, once I'd given my testimony and done all that sort of stuff, and the amazing thing was that when I came out, um, about five other women in the rape crisis groups, because the guy was a serial rapist, um, he was a really nasty character, but they all got wind of it. Again, just through word of mouth, just through the, the woman who ran my hotel went home and told her friend. Wow. She goes, oh, my God, that happened to my sister. I wonder if it's the same guy. Turned out it was. Uh-huh. Turned out she knew all these other victims and we all came forward together. So in the, end, yeah. Yeah, in the end, as a stripper, I didn't, they were worried about my testimony. They were like, we can't have a stripper present this case because you'll just be written yeah. off. That's so um, because you're not a person. Sorry, yeah, it was fun. No, but they knew it would jeopardise the case. So even though all the mm. evidence was mine, yeah. thank God for these other girls that came forward and we got him off the streets. Um, you know, pretty wild story. But, yeah, London was amazing. I was stripping there too and I made a fortune. I made so much money. Yeah, um, yeah it was, Paying in it was pounds. Really Got to love that. <laughs> Yeah, paid in pounds in my little glass jar going around yeah. the pubs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but uh, it wasn't what I was expecting. I always thought it would be more glamorous. Um, yeah, London's real mm. gritty. Like it actually, yeah. you know, like there's glamorous parts, but it's quite posh. Like it's kind of a weird, I always mm. find it quite weird, London. Like I love it, but mm. it's like, I don't know, it's not as like glamorous as I always thought it would be in my head. No, mm. no. So I was like, oh, well, that's not what I thought. And then came home and <laughs> what did I do? I don't know what I did after that. Back um, to uni. Yeah, I, just uh, I finished uni. I finished, um, that was my, my, that government job with the AIDS council that I became the yeah. healthcare worker and changed all those laws. That was my job after finishing uni. Wow. And then I, I, I was, I just think I went to party a lot. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> You've been there a lot. <laughs> You've been through a yeah. whole fucking lot. I did, and I fell in love, and I don't know. I just had this great time. Club Kooky was our home, so all of us and all my friends had met at Club Kooky every weekend, and we'd all do shows, and yeah, it was it was really cool. And queer scene was really amazing then. Uh, this is still mid nineties, so we're at nineteen ninety seven or something now. Yeah, 
and then 98 I got to go back to Japan and then I got back to London and lived there for a few years I don't know I just kind of yeah blew around like a little tumbleweed <laughs> I love it I love that yeah and yeah. When, did, when did like burlesque start to become sort of like a, an important factor in your performance art well it's kind of cool because I'd always had to hide it mm-hmm. um that I was a stripper and yet when I did circus, I did, uh, when I was in London and in the UK, I did a circus degree at a, um, or diploma at a, a travelling circus. Like they just needed rousties. That's and amazing. so I signed up to be a rousty and I got this insane Romanian woman called Monica who would teach me trapeze. Yes. And she'd hit me with a stick. Yes. And like, yes, oh you're God. bleeding. Yes, you cried. Why you cried, baby? Oh, I've always like, wanted a mentor so like Monica. I've always Her wanted mother? to. What's happening? I <laughs> know. Uh, I started to realize how masochistic I was when I got deeper and deeper into my relationship <laughs> with Monica. Um, <laughs> yeah, came back and um, then suddenly no, no one really was doing circus then. There were a few of us, but they needed. Underground performers for the Opera House, so I got to open the Opera House studio, and then from there it just kind of built mm. up um, that side of things. And then suddenly people were talking about burlesque, mm. and I kept saying, "Yeah, I do that," and they were like, "Oh no, <laughs> no, you don't." And I was like, "Yeah, I do," because there was this huge argument that burlesque was satire mm. and theatre, and that it wasn't didn't involve striptease. And I was like, "No, actually, it really does." Mm. Totally. Um, so it was again that judgment and having to just wait for people to come around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, around 2000, it started being a whisper. And by 2004, people really wanted a burlesque show, artist in their show. And at that point, I was breaking up with a <laughs> my bank robber, junkie, loser boyfriend, um, having trouble getting away from him because it became quite abusive you know just it got really scary so I just fucked off again I just went to Edinburgh and uh, I had this one friend who had a little tent and he's like I'll come and do some shows with us we really need a burlesque performer in this little show well that tent was the famous Spiegel tent and that little show was called yeah but that wasn't anything then it's like this weird little wooden tent and out in the, <laughs> on the peripheral of the fringe, like if they had this, I was yeah. in the garden and it was this place no one went. And it just went off because the show was La Clique and it just oh it was God. the hit of the festival. And I was in it with yeah. all these gorgeous people and we were all in love yeah. with each other. The whole cast loved each other. And it was wow. magic. It was just so good. And that's when I started seeing, or it was actually Brett Haylock went the Queen of Australian Burlesque. Um, and I went, yeah, I'm going to keep that. <laughs> And oh, came yeah. back and, and said that's that's what I was being touted as. So um, it didn't get contested. With There were a few people that got their nose out of joint, but I always, <laughs> oh, for me, yeah, well, it was just always, it wasn't about a competition then because it just wasn't about that. It was about, yeah. for me, it was always about referring to Elizabeth and referring to what I knew about those clubs and that history um, because mm-hmm. I got really upset that people who had their nose, oh, they just didn't re- have any respect for all that history and they were busy saying mm. oh i'm australia's queen of burlesque when they they openly dissed strippers and sex workers and i was like that's not cool that's not it that's not it naked wines gives you direct access to over 55 of australia and new zealand's best winemakers they believe in connecting wine drinkers directly to these award-winning winemakers because it's better for everyone 
talented independent winemakers get the support and funding they need to make the best wine they've ever made. The wine drinkers who support them get exclusive access to those wines at discounted prices. Their mission is to change the way the whole wine industry works for the benefit of both the wine drinkers and the winemakers. Anyone can order from Naked's almost all-Australian online range, but the best value kicks in when you sign up to be an angel. Angel members are those who top up their accounts with $40 a month to create a stash to spend on wine when they feel like it. The top-up helps fund the winemakers who work with Naked, and in return, angels get to buy wine at a much lower price. Want to check them out? Use the code FWB, friends with benefits, and the password podcast. Or go to www.nakedwines.com.au forward slash FWB for a $100 voucher for you to use anywhere on their site. You are to date the only Australian who has ever won Miss Exotic World at the Las Vegas Burlesque Hall of Fame. You are literally Australia's queen of burlesque because you have the award to prove that as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She already was, yeah, was but now, you know. It's like... I already was that, but now I have this thing. That, there you go. Yeah. I've got my membership yeah, card, this, thank God. Thanks. There it is, the, pro, the little thing, me, the photo with the, the thing there, that uh, trophy. Yeah. That proves something. That's that giant fucking pageant trophy. Take, Just like, ah. Take that, Dallas. Like, I love it. Talk us through yeah. Beehoff. What was it like? Tell us tell us the things about Beehoff. Because I know a lot of burlesque performers listen to this podcast and they love um, we we have a lot of burlesque performers on here, but obviously mm. no one has the story that you have about Behoff, about winning uh, that. Was it good? Was it bad? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Oh, it was completely unexpected. I went, I was literally, this is one of the many times I've tried to retire. So I was about to retire. <laughs> and I thought, before I retire, I'll do that Behoff thing. <laughs> Seriously. This happens all the time. I go, okay, can I, I retire? It. I'll go and do Beehoff and that'll be a really nice way to, like, I'll finish on a high. And that's, and, yeah, well, uh, that's great. Yeah. I did it the first time with Marie Antoinette and just to do my debut and it really, it brought the house down. It really, really, people went crazy for it. I didn't win any awards for it because I essentially fucked a cake and they thought that was a little ungainly um, because the um, <laughs> Americans, <laughs> they love it. They love a burlesque queen to be a lady whereas it, it took me a while to figure that oh, out hey I was just like but don't you want us all like chewing on our panties and like you know yeah this rubbing ourselves all over the floor like oh you're right don't even taking your shoes off is an affront apparently okay, so it's too much. I was like I figured it out and then I went back with Flamingo because Dirty was like bring back Flamingo they'll love it and I was like oh, okay that weird thing with the puppets it's so stupid <laughs> So when I arrived, I had a few friends there by the second time I went. The first time, it was very frosty. I was one of the first Australians to be there and Mm. I seriously got announced as the convict from the colony. I was really, it was very, I like as if, it was like a joke, as if this chick's going to do any bullet. Like, let's have a laugh at the Australian effort. And I went out and fucking smashed it. That's why, because I was so that. Everybody else got to be the glamorous, the beautiful, but I was the convict from the colony and I was like, I'll give you fucking convict. Um, And went out, (laughs) did a great show. (laughs) So the second time when I came back, I had some friends there and uh, lots Mm. of people knew of me because I'd been to America a few times. Um, But they were starting to get a little bit of respect for me, which was really great. Um, 
they knew I wasn't just anyone. They were starting to get that feeling that maybe I'd been around for a while and maybe I wasn't lying. Oh, because that was the other thing. I said, um, she goes, oh, this woman's been doing burlesque for 20 years. I <laughs> like hell, like something like that. Oh. It was really offensive. And I was just like, I'll fucking show you, bitch. You want to say, here's my 20 years. I'll fucking dance it right here, right now. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Shit, man. Uh, so the first time was not great. But the second time... I had a few fans and I knew lots of people and I was a lot more welcome. And um, I didn't think I'd ever win because I was up against Pearl Noir, who to me still is just the pinnacle of what Burles can be. She's yes. so incredible at yes. that stage. Um, and very happy to call her a friend. And um, I was up against Trixie Little as well and Ophelia yes. Flame, all of whom I have total um as artists on what they do on stage I have a lot of respect for absolute legends yeah. Uh, so I was, yeah I was very intimidated um but went out and did my little flamingo act and then went and packed up my bags and just get got ready to leave and oh. I thought I'll just stand up the back and I watched Pearl I didn't get to see Pearl actually I watched Trixie and I thought oh well there's that gone because of course she was superb and yeah. I watched uh, Ophelia and she was amazing I said oh well as if I'm going to win against that yeah. And then they started the announcements and I was just at the back going, well, let's see who won. Um, you know, don't be down, you know. I knew I was going to retire. <laughs> they, they announced oh my God. Trixie and Ophelia as runners-up and Pearl had already gotten most dazzling, I think. Um, and I went, right. wow, all the women I thought would win this are actually on stage with awards already. And I started to get this weird feeling that maybe I might have a chance. So I, I started walking around because you have to walk. I didn't want to walk through the audience. I walked around to be backstage because I was like, oh, if they announce my name, I don't want to have to walk through the audience and elbow my way from the back. like, a, like Just you with know. your bags. Like, it Excuse doesn't matter. Me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> my willy bag. Holding your fucking flamingos. I was cool. <laughs> Flamingo. And, yeah. and so I, put, I just put my bags down. And yeah, they were shopping bags. They were like, all these plastic Bless. bags. Really daggy. And then I heard my name and I just went, oh, my gosh, you know, I just went like this. I put my hands over my face and walked out just completely speechless because I was like, there's no way I could have gone from someone being called the convict of the colony and have everything yeah. that I've worked for over 20 years just written off in front of this audience to being celebrated as a world queen when yeah. I didn't consider I did classic and I didn't think my act was as amazing as some of the other acts. But I won the fucking thing. So then I was just like. Yeah, you did. It was amazing. It was really amazing to be considered a part of, uh, just as an equal to my peers, so people mm. like Dirty and Julie and who had been my friends for so long. But, um, and I always was like, damn, I'll never be considered fairly among my peers and Australia will never be considered as part of the global circuit True. because they think we're so provincial. And yeah. I was very, very pleased to see that change. Um, because yeah, I always, fun. yeah, I believe so strong, so much in the art that comes out of here. I believe so much in our burlesque performance, but also variety, cabaret, mm. the singers like you, Tash. I just think we've got something really special here, and I'm not the only person who says it. Mm. Um, I've heard it repeated from world-famous directors that Australia has some sort of magic going on with the cabaret circuit, and that's mm. why I preserve its history, because I know where that is, and I know it's the queer scene, and I know it's... Um, alternative artists that, mm. that came here from you know they, they were here and then they went and studied in England and stuff and then they came back Lee Bowery stayed over there but a whole bunch of them came back here and they really yeah. changed things um and it, that that 
ricochet just re it reverberates through all of us in our art so I really yeah. want to see it keep going and I really love moments like that where I just get to go told you <laughs> Yes. I told you, I don't say about me, but I really believe in the art that comes out of Australia. Yeah, no, that's absolutely awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, so it was great. Oh, I love that. And then everyone I literally got friend. chills. I'm like, oh, it's so exciting. I felt like I, I was know. there. <laughs> if you've never seen the the video of Imogen Kelly performing at the Burlesque School of Fame with a giant, giant flamingo oh. costume act, absolutely do it it's we'll put it something that i show my students i'm i yeah yeah it's something that i show my students when i'm teaching about different styles of burlesque it's something that i look at often as well and just oh, i mean just the you. difference that i always do i always absolutely do i think the videos of um of burlesque performers is such a brilliant way to to expose new new performers to different types of burlesque you know how there's your buzzword performers that they might just only know because that's when they came mm. into the scene I always refer to videos and stuff and even just the costume alone Imogen it's so different you know it's so yeah, you get a fucking stunning. puppet on your hand like it's so fucking yeah, cool. <laughs> do something different yeah and it's That's weird it. how puppeteering has become my little signature because at the time I was just like what am I doing with puppets <laughs> and what it's not sexy how can this be sexy you know that is so true like hey i'm gonna do this sexy puppet burlesque number like if you just yeah, said that to someone they'd be like oh okay okay cool <laughs> just like Imogen's puppet, lost yep. it again she's lost it yeah. again she's got a fucking puppet on her ass why it's the best it's so yeah. good i love it yeah and especially the the one that you just did for behoff was it last year the last year's behoff yeah yeah the great yeah just phenomenal like using using something that's so not burlesque if you will you know puppets for example mm. and that's your yeah. that's your thing that you make them yourself as well you that's so cool engineer the whole thing you put these beautiful things together it's so not burlesque but is burlesque you know it's that yeah. wonderful cramming together I guess of your history which is beautiful to see on stage yeah it's just all the I, guess, I don't know, I guess I'm a sculptor, but also I was a really lonely kid, so I was always making puppets. <laughs> and I'm, I'm always thinking of duets, but there's never anyone there to do a duet with, so I was like, oh, I'll just make another oh, fucking puppet. Oh, <laughs> I just make a puppet, friend. Yeah, make a puppet. That's and they'll so do cute, whatever though. I want, and if they get it wrong, I've only got myself to blame. That's so <laughs> fucking great. That's true. That's fucking true. Yeah. That's fantastic. I don't have I to love pay it. them. I love it. Absolutely. You don't have to pay yeah. them. I think that was yeah, singing sometimes. I'm like, love to do a duet. Can't pay them though, so don't worry about it. <laughs> no point. Get a puppet. No, get, get a, a puppet. Take your puppet. There you go. Yeah, Tash, get a, get a ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> I'll pay to make me one. Like, let's do it. Like, Fuck yeah. <laughs> then I need to learn how to do <laughs> ventriloquism, so that's going to be a fun time. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Just another feather to your bow. It's fine. It'll be fine. It's fine. It's great. I've got time. I've got time to learn. <laughs> Professional puppeteer. It doesn't sound great, does it? <laughs> I remember yeah, I, I was doing uh, improv tunes, which is like a, an improvised musical thing. And we decided for um, Melbourne Fringe one year to do like an improvised show with puppets. And so we had like puppeteers come it. in and like teach us like how to do like puppets and whatnot. But like improvising a song, doing a puppet. Like, so it was like a new skill no. of puppeteering, but also improvising. Like, and you're like, no. I don't even know what I'm saying next. And like, so it was a constant like month of <laughs> basically just trying to talk whatever I would talk with a puppet like you just like had it at home yeah. 
shit all the time. And it was like the most odd, odd experience of my entire life. Like, because (laughs) (laughs) knowing that your mouth does certain things, like it's like, (laughs) especially singing, like going like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, respect to anyone who can do puppeteering. And the puppet's mouth has to open when your mouth opens. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, yeah, it's a skill. Especially with singing, it's like hold it for the rest of the night. Like it's it's (laughs) yeah. And then you can do funny things anyway. And not forgetting about it and letting it die. Totally. That moment where I'm thinking about bikini, under my bikini string and the puppets, you look at it and it's just dead. It's like, oh no, the puppet's having a good time. Yeah, eyes, eyes, eyes. It's just sleeping. (laughs) Just having a little rest. It's okay. Yeah, just dead puppet on the stage. Speaking of dead puppet on the stage, Imogen. Not at all, but Mm. we... (laughs) I was like, where is she going with this? (laughs) I'm like, I... uh, Story. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, we have a little, little question we like to ask on this podcast. Um, oh, yes. We like to know okay. what is your, what was your favorite, sort of one of your favorite moments from your career. It doesn't have to be, you know, the biggest show that you've done or, or whatever it is. But what's something that kind of comes to mind as one of your most favorite moments throughout your career? Oh Which, God, like, I don't know how many. you're going to choose that. <laughs> no. But it might be that dance routine at Mardi Gras that I spoke of earlier. Yes. It's, it's always the fuck-ups, isn't it? Um, I had this wonderful... It is, yeah. At, uh, the La La Parlour. Um, the Brisbane Girls, um, Tiger Lil, Kelly Vela, Nerida Waters and myself. I don't know. It was just every time we were on stage together, we had a great time. Um, that was just one of the highlights of my career is working with those women. But uh, one particular moment, uh, I don't know... I don't know, maybe, maybe, I don't know, far out. <laughs> it would have to be winning that trophy. It would have to be that, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, fuck That's yeah. fair. Like finishing, That's fair. finishing Flamingo and knowing I didn't fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Puppets can fuck up a million ways, Flamingo. But getting through that routine and, there were no and dead winning puppets. the trophy. No dead puppets. Yeah, and they were dead no puppets. Dead puppets. all over the floor. It was just carnage. <laughs> I'm just going to really quickly make that the name of this podcast. Yes. There were dead puppets. They were all over the floor. That's the name of the podcast. I I also thought the name for this podcast could be Just a Little Tumbleweed because I thought that would be quite cute as well. Oh, that's cute. I'll put them both down. I'll see if I can work them in together. Yeah. Just a little tumbleweed with dead puppets on the floor. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. And, and then well, working the, working with the Sydney Symphony Orchestra was also really cool. Yeah, that was cool. really amazing. What were you doing? For that, that was another one of those. Um, well, they just—I don't know why they asked me, and they asked me quite regularly to to join them in these little Latin lounges they do, or these lounge yes. speakeasy lounge was the first one, and the second one was Latin lounge. I think they like the music I work to, and they mm. want to play it, and then they Fuck want yeah. someone. They, they want me to perform with them because they've watched my stuff and it's all just kind of, they're really wonderful. It's, it's a really special event when I get to work with them. And oddly enough, when I was on stage with them um, earlier this year, I stepped on stage to do um, the Great Barrier Reef Act with them and I just knew that I wasn't going to be working for a while. I knew it was my last show for a while. It was the weirdest feeling. Weird. And I just went, yeah, it was really weird. And I went, how is that? I've got a whole year of work lined up. Don't be stupid. But it was just like this this feeling in me that, oh, this is the last time I'll perform this for a while. And boom. Yeah, so 
yeah that was, that was pretty wild yeah yeah so wow. hopefully that's hopefully that's not too true and we all get back up there soon oh absolutely it'll hopefully. happen 100 yeah. percent. and then so then the opposite end of that what is i mean it doesn't have to necessarily be the worst moment but like what is like the weirdest or like, like just the opposite <laughs> of the best basically like just the, the opposite of the opposite best. of the best yeah like it has you, to be there's so many oh my gosh it's even the disabled <laughs> toilets walking through the kitchen yeah covered yeah. in someone else's wee and poop on the hem of your dress and then going on stage or in some weird little venue. But, no, I think the worst one was this, um, it was this sort of Amway convention Amway. in Singapore. No, get serious. And myself and five other top aerialists had been employed to go to Singapore and to do this event. And it was the creme de la creme of Australian circus performers. They had tumblers from Melbourne. They had girls from Brisbane. They had all these really incredible people. And they had me and two of my besties um, performing. And we were all a little bit older by then. We were all a little bit over this sort of like, ta-da. Like it was sort of, we had to be fairies. We got there, we got given these horrible fairy dresses. And I put that on. I was just like, oh, it was like being bathed in acid. And I was like, okay, I can do this. I'm a professional. And then. We got told with all our years of aerial experience that we were just little sitting on little swings um, above their audience, what? swinging away as little fairies and waving at wow. people and throwing pedals. And I was like, well. <laughs> no, but I don't care because we were getting paid. Of course. But it was a long I mean, gig. Like we were on, we were on for three weeks or something, and the room would fill up with people, and it would do, all you'd see is phones, like a sea of phones, because there were thousands of people underneath us, and we were just yeah. like, oh my god! And because it was Singapore, and they didn't have the same OHS standards, like lights were falling on us, and uh, the stage came apart. All sorts of weird shit happened, and we were having a lot of trouble coping with the fairy dresses and the smiling and the waving. Um, so I loved it. Wait, I love that lights and shit were falling on you, but the biggest issue was the was fairy dresses. Not coping with the fairy dresses. Just that is dresses. like a true showgirl. Just like, yeah, like I could have died from a light fitting, but this fairy dress but was fucked. What is this costume? I don't want to wear it. Yeah, exactly. What the Bless fuck are you, you putting me in? I fucking love that. Highly flammable. So we switched <laughs> to making pornography in our fairy dresses Gorgeous. in the toilets. Like, so this is how we coped. And then we'd go home and start getting drunk. And I swear, you know, we were okay to start the contract. By the end of the contract, the ceiling had fallen in. Every glass in the place was smashed. And I had these, we all had bruised bums because we'd gotten into spanking it to see who could do the biggest spank. And so we were calling like all the acrobats and everything and going, come up here and spank us. Just to, so we had like a spanking competition. So we couldn't sit on the fairy swing in our fairy dress and smile. <laughs> We were all so bruised, just going, oh, just like, uh, yeah, just with terrible. a pillow on the trapeze. Like, it's fine, doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. And the guys <laughs> took to snorting tequila. I don't, oh no, they snorted the salt. No, how did they do it? Don't you put the tequila snorted. in your eye or the lemon in your eye or something? They put the lemon in the eye, snort the salt, and I don't know, it was just stupid. Yeah, or sometimes they do it with the tequila in the bum as well, like, so it goes straight Ooh. into the <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't there for that one. Yeah, um, they obviously didn't invite me there. The Queen's thing, obviously. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. when you said Brisbane, I was like, obviously. Um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they weren't getting into the enemas either. Like nobody did enemas that I know of, and if they did and didn't tell me, I'm a little bit sore about that. Like yeah. literally possible. Well, I mean, but, <laughs> yeah. literally, that's it. 
I'm a little bit upset about it. Weird <laughs> fucking like story image. <laughs> there so you go. We thought it was all class. I know what I love is there's people listening to this thinking it was going to be about nails and hair and, you know, a lady must wear the right stockings. And no, we've got tequila enemas and Look, acid taking and yeah men masturbating in the front row it's all i think fun. last week it was moon cup sex uh yeah and uh yeah it's never like i think people know by now it's that never it's me and betty like it's not going to be a classy affair and anyone oh, we invite on is going to be you know at our level so we are yeah. so proud to have you here like, sometimes for the story we're happy to add to the um, the flavor yeah we love yeah it. yeah it's spicy over here happy yeah. To bring now yeah with all of your <laughs> stories and experience which i just Bellissimo. Oh my god, this has been so fun. I've been having, I'm just like, I don't even want to ask questions. Right. Just keep talking. Like, seriously, that's what I like. Twelve yeah. o'clock, whatever. Just go. Yeah. Um. No, we we have a thing. Uh, we have a segment on this podcast called Show Those Secrets. Show Those Secrets. Oh God, Show Those Secrets. Basically, oh, we need a. Song. It's just a. Like, yeah, we do need a song. Basically, yeah, it's it. just a um a showgirl, showboy, showbo secret. Now, we like some. What was the one Scarlett told us? Don't be a cunt. That was don't be a cunt. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty easy one. Uh, Vicky's one was uh, just just basically do everything that you know how to do a little bit in the first number, so everyone feels comfortable that they're gonna love you for the rest of the show (laughs) when you're doing like an hour long. Uh, (laughs) But it could be a makeup tip. It could be like a a producer tip. It could be a publicity tip. What do you got? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I just, I think that sometimes uh, the thing I'd like to say to um, performers is that, you know, everybody gets so greedy for the top spot or to be the shining light or whatever because we're trained to think in hierarchic uh, ways. And just as someone Mm. who's been at the top for a long time, um, I get all these little fucks in my face. Occasionally just some little fuck will get in my face or even older fucks will get in my face. And I just sort of wanted to say, look, you know, there's not one little bit of limelight we're all fighting over. There's light everywhere. We're not in a rainforest. We're not some little plant struggling for survival that you've just got to make your own platform. You've just got to make it happen for you. Fuck yeah. So stop trying to take each other out with bitchy bullshit yeah. because if you work hard enough on yourself, you, you can make anything happen. There's nothing to stop you getting what you want out of life. Um, yeah. But if you're going to be an asshole, just maybe, you know, go be a magician's assistant or something. Go somewhere <laughs> else. But leave the list alone. <laughs> be a magician's assistant. Fuck anything, it. Yes. Anything yes, that around involves magicians, I'm always just like, yep, that's correct. But <laughs> that's correct. You're right. <laughs> Don't ever date I magicians. I actually applied to be a magician's assistant once. I would love that job. Only so I could fuck I it up. I would really love to. to fuck up. Sure. Oh, yeah, that would be, be really amazing. fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get stuck in Like, the just box. go full oh. Asher and Gypsy, just like, ha, ha, ha. Or as they're cutting, you just be like, he's killing me. Like, just <laughs> fuck This is not a joke. <laughs> he's murdering me. <laughs> Call the police. This isn't proper. Just the poor magician boy being like, I've I've done this so many times in my bedroom. I don't know why it's going wrong. (laughs) Something's a bit, it's a resistance (laughs) this time, isn't it? I don't know. (laughs) The first woman I've touched in a while. (laughs) In ever. (laughs) 
Perfection. Perfection. I love it. Oh, my Ew. <laughs> Ew. Man, Imogen, that. it has been a fucking pleasure, my love, to have oh my you God. on this podcast. Oh, Thank so you cute. for sharing your wild, wild story. It is it is absolutely incredible. Now, um, we like to plug people's bits and pieces. Yes. Uh, you're writing a book. You've got things. What, What's tell, going tell on? Us about yourself. Tell us everything. Tell, oh, tell gosh, all the ways. Okay, I'm just trying to... Okay, so we do have... I am doing a gig. Uh, there's a fundraiser, 24th of July. Yay! Uh, Titans of Teas at the Vanguard. And that's by... Oh, the Vanguard's lovely. Uh, yeah, a gorgeous um, porcelain. So she's doing that. And I'm, I'm going to turn up and do something. I don't know what. <laughs> I suppose I should try and be classy. I'll do some classy I mean... I don't know. I hosted a gig there. They seemed okay with it. And I'm not classy. You'll be fine, babes. You'll be fine. You're fantastic, girl. Yeah. So anyway, I'm doing that. But other than that, yeah, still writing my book. I haven't had a lot of time to focus on it, but it's slowly getting there. And it's about all those earlier years. It's called A Bad Girl's Guide to Revolution. And some of it is online on my website. And it's all about sex workers' rights, although it keeps now being about racism because, damn, that's a huge part of the story as well. Mm. Um. What else am I doing? I'm, oh, I just, I just got, um, I, I got a grant to um, document some of my work and to talk about, to do this, to talk about my life. So that's yeah. a really exciting thing. So we can look forward to that coming out maybe December, January, just in time for Christmas. Maybe I'll try Perfect. and get it to you for Christmas. So you got something fabulous to give you. you let us know. We will share it with everyone. Thank you. To worry, us. Like. I might even do the asshole version, so you can send it to people you don't like. Hello. Honestly, you know, that's here, here, you know, to that relative that you've never really. <laughs> I've got you. I've got you this, and there's me dressed as a giant vagina talking about menstrual health. Hi, I'd like to talk to you, man. <laughs> yeah, and Jesus. All oh, that's perfect. Perfection. And Jesus. That. And Jesus. Honestly, I'd watch it. I'd watch it. I would. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I need it. Yeah, I need I it watch. in my life. That's incredible. Amazing. And yeah, you've got your shows that you were in development with that might be happening again, solo shows? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. There are, there's a lot of talk, with, but it is venue reliant. Um, mm. And then can yeah. we get across borders? How are we going to do this? So I, I, might, I might end up putting that out in film. Ah. Um, but we'll just see, you know, someone might nibble at it. There's, there's a few people nibbling away, but their, their venues are closed. So, yeah. But look, hey, when this all reopens, all those theatres are going to need stuff on. So I think that's a good time that's for it. all of us to be thinking about um, pick your favourite theatre and write to them now, I reckon. Oops, yeah, and the beautiful that, thing but is, yeah, that's what I'd be doing. No, like the beautiful thing is, is that like they're going to be starting with smaller crowds first as well. Yeah. Like, you know, they, it, like 100 yeah. people is going to come before 500. So like mm. if you do have a product that's going to sell well for 100 people, like this is the time to kind of being like, hello, this is when I can do this. And you won't have the competition of those bigger shows to like compete against and also marketing work wise. on it yeah. now do your prep now get it all together yeah, this is actually just making me feel like oh shit i need to do more work god <laughs> Tasha's like a well, i'm like i just bought you a don't have yesterday. to <laughs> but you know i've done my time sitting on the couch and dreaming it's mm. it's time to start working and and prepping and you don't know what it's going to look like no. but yeah smaller audiences are friends adapting their products to be really small 
So yeah, you're just working yeah. with one person at a time. So, um, you know, there's all sorts of ways to think around it. And um, if the festivals and stuff start up, they're going to need people who can think outside the box. So Definitely. if you're one of those people who've got an idea, just start sketching it out and budgeting it and, and dreaming it up now because you might have an opportunity to pitch it to someone. And I really want to thank all the councils for jumping up and helping artists through this Hell time. Yeah. Yeah, mm. so making sure there's grants to help people keep their art alive in some form. And I don't know how long we're going to be in that situation, but it's made a huge difference to me and lots of other people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, mate, yeah. thanks for, thanks Thank for you. sharing your tales so much. I've had the best You're time. It's all right. Oh. Got plenty more, you know. Yeah. Call me, call me, call me for book. a dirty time. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Read it in a book. <laughs> That's it. We're all oh, coming funny. up to the country. We're getting fucked up. We're going to continue this podcast off the air. Yeah. That sounds oh, great. Nice one. And in the nude. Yeah. Actually, I am nude. Didn't I tell you? Oh, no. Oh, thank yeah, God. You like what? Do you like my new tits? They're really oh, great they're out there. So Honestly. Mm. <laughs> You're all missing out. Ooh. I know. I got my lips done. <laughs> <laughs> I said never. I got a nut. I look really good. Just for anybody sitting at home, tell Honestly, them girls how good do I look today. I have been touching myself the control. entire podcast. So. I've been on mute mm. just because, you know, I've been having a time. So that's, uh, I mean. <laughs> Why? You can't Actually, have a good time without me. today. I was at the park today with uh, I, I bought my dog a new toy and as I threw it I realized it just looked like a huge dildo. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in the park looked horrified with this dog running around with this dildo in its mouth. Oh, anyway, I'll just leave you with that thought. That I I've love got it a toy much. that serves me and my dog. <laughs> it's really a family experience. The family that shared together care together. It's so that's it. Yeah. Well, Imogen, yeah. <laughs> have an excellent day. I love that you've left us on that. So much. Uh, yeah, it's a good note. We're going to put all your bits and pieces note. on the internet so everyone can find your website and your Facebook and all your wonderful you. bits. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, so much love to you, my darling. Stay safe there. Love to your family as well. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you. See you on the Thank internet. you, ladies. Keep safe. Bye. See you, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>